So we are going to get into something here that um, I think is very exciting. And um, everybody's heard this scripture, but we're going to talk about it, uh, break it down, unpack it, whatever you want to call it, and see where the Lord leads from there. Right, Jim? Amen. All right. Amen. It's Romans ten seventeen. The topic is uh, faith comes by hearing. That's our topic. And it's interesting because Romans 10, 17 um, is a great scripture, and it really does uh, explain how we get our faith. Yes, amen. It says in Romans ten seventeen. so then... Faith comes by hearing. Hearing means there's got to be a voice talking to you, there doesn't you it? There you go. There <laughs> you go. And, and that's exactly uh, they put up. They put up a uh, comma after that. So that's a thought in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on and read the rest of it, but we're going to break down that first thought because first things first. That has to be the most important thing to begin your faith walk Amen. is, is hearing. Um, gosh, hear, hearing is not, I mean, it can, I mean, it does begin maybe with your two ears, your physical ears, but there's a hearing. Um, we've said many times there's five physical senses and five spiritual senses. And we do have inner ears so that we can hear. We have inner eyes so that we can see. And the Bible even says we have inner taste because it says taste and see that he is good. So we have natural senses and spiritual senses. And I think God uses both, Jim, in in order to uh, uh, come up with that first scripture where it says faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so let's break that down. Faith comes by hearing. What are we hearing? What is it that we're hearing? Where is it that we can go and hear it? I mean, if you want to go to a concert, you got to go down to the concert hall to hear the concert. Yeah. So if faith comes by hearing, we got to know where to hear, where to go to get the so that we can hear. Yeah, it's just like a radio. you got to tune into the right frequency. There you go. So what frequency are we tuned into? I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> yeah. And if we're, tuned, if we're not tuned in directly to that frequency, we get static. Yeah, we get anxious, we get worried, we get fearful, and that's what the static is. Yeah. And all those things are there by the dark side to prohibit us from hearing because when you hear – um, then you come up with the answers that you that you need to get healed, whatever. Right. So let's say it again. Faith comes by hearing. You know, if you could just if you could just hear, uh, you, you know, there's there's tapes and there's CDs and there's things on the internet where where you know sometimes I even go to sleep at night. And I'll just put on scriptures where some man or woman is quoting scriptures. And that's great. I love it. And it really, God uses that. But I don't think that's all that we're talking about here. Um, I think we're talking about hearing that small, still voice that's deep inside of us. Yeah, in spite of all the earthquakes and the thunders and the lightnings like Elijah was experiencing in that cave, you know, he said that, you know, he heard and saw the earthquakes, the lightning, he said, but then he heard a still, small voice. That's it. Yeah. So I think it's it's something that I think, you know, we, we always say that Jesus said it's finished and he did the work, but I still believe that we have a part in this walk. Oh, absolutely. And so part of that walk is practicing his presence and hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if faith comes from hearing, 
It is your connection with the voice of God is where you can hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Then the voice is of God is activated by the word, the words that he speaks. The word enhances and trains the hearing. So where does the Bible fit into this? Um I think it fits nicely into this. I think, um, I think we, just like today, this, this scripture, I, I looked at this scripture, God spoke this scripture to me in Romans 10 and 17, and I started breaking it down. And I could hear that small, still voice um, what would, what would, enhance, enhance that scripture and, and create... Uh, a better understanding of what he was mm-hmm. trying to say when when he said faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that really is the whole purpose of the Bible. Sometimes I think there's been a little misunderstanding when it comes to um, the Word, because you know the Bible says in the in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And uh, don't misunderstand me, but it didn't say in the beginning was the Bible. It said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And uh, They didn't have a Bible in the beginning. No, th- no, they really didn't. They really didn't. So how did they hear the Word? How blessed are we to now have the Bible? Yeah. I mean, even, you know, they had scriptures from the Old Testament and all that. But, I mean, let's face it, when Jesus walked the earth, Paul wasn't even mm-hmm. born again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I guess if we look at it from that perspective, Jim, we see that yes, the Bible's a great tool, and I use it every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's something more than just the Bible, and that's a relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord, where there's a oneness. Well, I think that's the beautiful thing about the Bible. I think that's the reason why the Bible exists, is because when you pick up the Bible, like we've discussed, Rich, what you're saying is, Lord, I want to know you, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Bible, God has used the Bible as a portal mm-hmm. to heaven. Um, I know in my, uh, my young life, when I first got saved, um, probably by God's grace, for about the first seven years, I read the Bible literally five hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week. And, and I went and, through it twice. Yeah, and and that that isn't any credit or glory for <laughs> no, me. No, I don't even know what I picked up yeah. from it. To be, I was a baby Christian, and I it was more of a I got to do this. Yeah, right. You were led to do that, and and really the voice of inspiration. One of the first things the Lord spoke to me before I even cracked the Bible was read the Bible. And again, I think that He uses the Bible um, as a uh, it's kind of like. Like you take a stick and you're looking for water, you know, and you go to the Bible, you open the Bible up, and all of a sudden, uh, life starts flowing through you. It's a, it, again, Rivers it's a, of living water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, living water. It's a portal to God is what it is. You're saying in your heart, Lord, I want to know you when you open up the Bible. And that's what, that's what God wants to hear. Yeah. That's what he wants to hear. Well, let's go ahead and do the second part of Romans 10, and um, because it kind of gets convoluted and kind of blur, blurry there, because it's it's kind of saying the same thing, but it isn't. And that is in Romans 10:17, it says, "So then, faith comes by hearing." Okay, so we've talked a little bit about that, and we'll talk more about it. But let's just bring in the other part. There's a word called and, A-N-D. So what it is, it's not just that, it's two things. This and this brings you to this. So it says faith comes by hearing and now hearing by the word of God. So the first thing is faith comes by hearing. Well, we know who what voice we're listening for. Mm -hmm, Yeah. We know that. And we know when that voice speaks to us because there's Mm -hmm. something inside of us that, like Elizabeth's baby, it it leapt inside of her womb, you know, and it it leaps inside of our womb. It's the power of love. You're right. And, I mean, our innermost being. And then, so, faith comes by hearing, 
and then hearing by the word of God. So there, there's really two things there, that, and for us to have the word of God, uh, you know, the word of God can mean two things. A word that is spoken to a rhema word that is spoken to you and the Bible. Right. 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 The written word and the spirit of the word. So so basically, um, faith comes by hearing is is that connection that we have with God. And then a lot of times he'll speak something to me and I know it's in the Bible. But I don't know where to find it. So I'll go and I'll look it up and I'll find it. And there's he, he's, he just opens up a whole treasure trove of, of stuff that, that I can chew on. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just a glorious time I have with the Lord. And, and it's available to everybody yeah. because he's not a respecter of persons. Yeah, his voice brings revelation. Yes. It, it quickens you. It makes you alive. The Word of God will quicken your mortal body, and it will quicken your soul. Uh, and the word quicken means to make alive. And I think uh, that's what Rich was saying. There's many voices in the world out there today. Yes. Uh, but there's only one voice that quickens you. And uh, just like, again, Elijah in the cave, yeah, there was a lot of noise outside of him, but there was something in a small, still voice that quickened him and said, get up and run. Um, so, yeah, God's voice will quicken you. You know, as a younger uh, Christian, Jim, um, you know, the the Word of God, the Bible was, I mean, it still is very important, but it was like my life because I didn't know the Lord. I, I knew of him, but I was learning to know him. Right, right. And, and so um, in in good faith, um, but not mature faith, I would take scriptures out of the Bible and I would quote them and expect God to deliver right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I would, like in Mark, uh, I would speak to that mountain in my life. and um, Why is it not moving? I'd get to a point of screaming <laughs> at those mountains. Um, and they did not move. They did not move. Then I began to be still and focus on listening to him. And then that's when I started hearing his voice. Now, folks, I'm telling you, if God gives you a word about a mountain in your life, it's going to be moved. If he, if he says to you and you get a word from the Lord that, you, you know, go over and and lay hands on that person, they're going to get healed. Let me tell you, they're going to get healed. Maybe not instantaneously, but they're going to get healed because God's word does not come back void. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. But you have the, you know, a live living word coming from the throne room, and then you have the written word coming out of the Bible. Both are powerful, but like I said, I could, I could quote all those scriptures a hundred times in one day. And we have. And we have. And that's all part of the maturation process. Yeah, right. We, we are growing every day. Nobody has arrived. Everybody is, if they want to, they're going to continue to grow. And if you continue to grow, you're going to be able to, to discern the voice of God Right. And or versus your voice or another voice or whatever. As you exercise your spiritual senses, yes. like Paul says. Paul says we have to exercise our spiritual senses. We've got spiritual senses, like Rich was saying before, and we have natural senses, you know, taste, hear, smell. And, and we also have those spiritual senses to taste the Lord and see he's good um, and, you know, to hear and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's just like anything else in life. Uh, as you grow up and you are a young person, you only hear so much. You can only assimilate so much. Um, and it's the same way it is in the spirit. You know, you know you're born again, 
but you don't know what you're born into. <laughs> you right. know your life has changed. You know that you're a new creation. But what is this new creation? Well, the only way that you find out is through relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. Someone may be sitting there saying, what are you talking about mountains moving and whatever? Let me read the scripture. It's in Mark 11, uh, starting with verse 22. It says, Jesus replied, let the faith, oh, here we go. This is powerful, folks. Let the faith of God be in you. It doesn't say, let your faith keep working on building up your faith, which if you let the faith, it says let, that means allow. Let's let the faith of God, not in God, we all believe in God, but now let's let that relationship build to the point where we have the faith of God. Yeah, well, you didn't, Rich, actually, we didn't believe in God until we had the faith of God. That's right. Uh, the it's the only way. Yeah, the Lord spoke to me one time, and he said, the only way you're going to have faith in me is to have my faith in thee. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's like I said to a young Christian this morning. He was talking about getting saved and this sort of thing. And I said, well, how does a dead man resurrect himself? You know, it's it's by the power of God that resurrected you. It wasn't you that resurrected yourself. For unto every man has been given the measure of faith, yep. the Bible says. And so God's given you that mustard seed to get saved, and then he quickens it to make sh- and makes you alive. Well, let's face it, Jim, you wouldn't even be listening to this broadcast. Nope. You wouldn't even be going to church. You wouldn't be doing anything Pertaining if you haven't that. heard from the Lord. Because some people go, I, I just can't hear his voice. I, I've never heard from the Lord. Well, I'm here to tell you, you have. If you're listening to this broadcast, you have. But even if... All you've done is is become aware of of the Lord and and how He saved you, and how you know all the all the things that that come with it, like you know reading the Word and listening to good preaching and fellowshipping yeah. and all that. Yeah. You heard from the Lord yeah. because you couldn't have, you couldn't be where you are now without. Hearing. Right. Without him quickening you. Yeah. Right. To and, do those and, things. And does he speak in an audible voice sometimes? When Jesus was um, baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, the dove came down as a sign of the Holy Spirit. And he says, There you go. Here's my beloved son mm-hmm. in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, and up on the mountain of transfiguration, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Yeah. (laughs) And Peter, James, and John wanted to build a denomination. They wanted to build a tabernacle to him. And he says, no, no, do away with the tabernacles. This is my son now. You just listen to him. Right, right. So uh, let me finish the scripture. It says, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. So he's already saying that's truth. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. I'm going to stop there. I was going to try to read the whole thing, but I can't. i got to stop there. Now, you may be believing and not doubting and have faith and whatever, but you, you have to look and see where's the faith coming from. Is it faith that you're trying to create, or is it like it says in the very beginning, first things first, let the faith of God be in you. That's, That's what, what Paul meant when he said examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. There's only one faith. Right. You know? And so that's the first that's the litmus test. That's what you have to first do is say, is it my faith or his faith? And and both of them can be one. Both of them can be one, but if you're thinking, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, and I got to read the Bible six hours a day, I got to do this, that's your faith. And the goal, of course, is have your faith and his faith unite. He's looking for oneness with us. And when it's 
his faith and our faith merges with his faith, that's when you start moving mountains. Goes on in verse 24, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something, this is crucial too, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forget, forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Very powerful. So, you know, if, 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 if you want to move mountains that are obstacles in your life, here's the recipe right here. And, and we're not saying God is a quid pro quo God. You know, well, you must do this in order for me to, to move. You know, it's not an exercise of a natural exercise. It's a relationship where there's such a oneness that, that you know exactly what you're Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. You have that same ability. He's given you the same ability. He says, Lord, make or Father, make them one as you and I are one. Well, I'd say Jesus and the Father were pretty close. Yeah, and all this may sound challenging, uh, but actually it really isn't because it's all by grace. Uh, we can't leave grace out of this nope. compilation. Uh, you were saved by grace. How was I saved by grace? Through faith, the faith that he imparted. How was that faith imparted to me? By grace. You were saved through his faith, which was the gift of God. And even us growing in the knowledge of the Lord and even us trying to attain to the level where we can move mountains, not necessarily out of our own life. As a matter of fact, you won't have, if you want to know if you have mountain-moving faith, you'll find that out when you start trying to move the mountains for other people. If you are constantly praying to move the mountains out of your life, you're not quite there yet. You don't really have the mountain move. You're on your way. You're on your way. But I have found in my 45-plus years of walking with the Lord, uh, my faith becomes a lot more operable uh, when I'm believing for other people to get healed and when I'm believing to move the mountains out of somebody else's life because you do come to a place in your walk of faith that you understand that you only have one source. There really, there really is no need to keep praying for the car payment or for the groceries, uh, for the mortgage payment. You just come to an understanding by faith that you can trust God because he loves you and he's concerned about all these things as much, if not more so, than you are. So this mountain-moving stuff that we're talking about here, you'll know when you've entered into that when you find yourself thinking more of others, uh, really, than you do of yourself. That's a good point, and you'll see that evolve in your yeah. prayer life yeah. Yeah, you will you see will. it i mean i mean honestly you know i may say a quick little prayer for myself or whatever but it's rare i mean i'm constantly looking elsewhere yeah. to pray and that prayer is i want to know more of you lord yeah, yeah. that's the <laughs> that's that it. is the biggest prayer i yeah, have it is for me yeah me too um you know but but when it you know the prayer i pray a lot thy will be done you know, I was I had chest pains yesterday, and um, I was delivering meals with Meals on Wheels, and and um, I just I had some chest pains that went all the way to my back, and um, like a dummy, I go to Google and I start googling what does this mean, and uh, first thing that comes up was heart attack. You know, boy, I tell you, if I could just leave Google alone, I'd probably be a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> the spirit of fear just jumped. Hey, on you. you know, we're still in this body, you know. And it was uh, grace that taught my heart to fear. What can uh, I say? Yeah, well, 
So anyway, I called my doctor, and he was gracious enough to get me in immediately. And But as soon as I hung up the phone, I mean, it was as clear as the Lord's ever spoken to me. As soon as I hung up the phone, I heard this small, still voice that says, Son, you're okay. If you want to go see the doctor, go see the doctor. But there's nothing wrong with you. And a peace, a peace just came over me. It just flooded my heart. And, and I had peace. There, all the fear was gone. Every, the apprehension, the, the terror. Because <laughs> my dad died instantly of a heart attack. I mean, it was that quick. It was not, I mean, he had a bad heart. But when he finally went to be with the Lord, it was quick. You know, and so you got all this baggage you carry around, and I just, you know, in the name of Jesus, I cast the, all those cares upon him. Um, but anyway, I go to the doctor, and I had pulled a muscle. And that that pain had shot from my back all the way to my, the heart area, but it was a, it was a muscle. It, it, my heart was fine. So, you know... It's amazing that when that small, still voice speaks, the power that it has. You know, Rich, yeah, I agree. I know where you're coming from. I've had the same experience. When it speaks, your spirit knows the truth, and your spirit is at rest, and your spirit is at peace, and you can feel that. Yes. But you still have a soul. That's right. And it's not been totally converted yet, okay? And it's the soul that says, I know you think you're hearing I'm okay, but i got to hear it from a doctor. (laughs) Because right. I can't hear God. You know, a lot of times the soul has a hard time. You know, we all have that partial carnal mind in there, and the, and the carnal mind just doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for Sometimes their foolishness. Sometimes you have to him. tell your soul to sit down. That's right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you just tuned in, we were talking today about faith comes by hearing. And we we went into Romans ten seventeen and um, Jim, I'd like to talk about the parable of the sower right now. Let's sure. let's kind of let's kind of throw that out there because I think there's the ending of that parable is powerful. Um, Jesus said, "Consider this: there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seed, some fell along the beaten path." And the birds came and ate them. Others fell into gravel that had no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, they were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Others fell on the thorns so that they sprouted, then the thorns choked them out. But other seeds, so we've got the the beaten path, the gravel, the thorns. But guess what? Other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. Now, Jesus says, now are you ready to hear the explanation? Because I I could see when Jesus would speak in parables, I could see the blank stares probably because, you know, the parables are for ears that can hear. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you have ears that can hear, um, you can explain them. Well, this was early, I think, in his ministry, and Jesus said, okay, now I'm going to explain what I just said here. They were young. Okay, verse 19, this is Matthew uh, 13, verse 19 says, What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message. It's exactly what we've been talking about. The one who listens to the message of the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Verse 20, the one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, Troubles and persecutions come because the kingdom message, because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away for the truth didn't sink 
deeply into his heart. I think we've all been there on each one of them so far. But this is where we want to be. Well, not the thorns. Hang on. 22 says the one sown among thorns represents one who receives a message. But here, here, this is a lot of us. In America. In America especially. especially. But all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom. Wow. The kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. There's no power there. And no fruit. And no fruit. 23, this this brings it home here, and this is where we want to be all the time. But what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. But, but let's, let's go back to that. The rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Got to hear first. And that's you, you got to put your antennas up and hear for the frequency of God. Because if you are tuned into that frequency, you will hear from him on a regular basis. You may be driving down the road, not even praying or anything, and God drops something in. And you hear from him right there driving down the road. You may be listening to a secular song, but there's something about it. The one that comes to mind is, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. So guess what? That's a spiritual song, folks. I mean, I'm telling you, Johnny Nash knew what he was singing about when he sang that song, and it's an uplifting, wonderful song. Mm-hmm. So you can hear from God on many different levels in many different ways, but you have to have the antenna up. And you have to be tuned in. Yeah. Um, the antenna being up, the being tuned in, and all those issues, all those items um, come from one thing, and that's desire. Mm-hmm. We've got to have the desire to know the Lord. We've got to have the desire to hear the voice of the Lord. Because I want to state unequivocally, uh, unto every man, it's you have the ears to hear. Yes. Um, I get a little disturbed, to be honest with you, when I go to a church service somewhere and the, and the preacher gets up and, Lord, give us ears to hear. I'm thinking, he already has. <laughs> he already has given us ears to hear. I, I think a more appropriate prayer is, Lord, give us the desire to hear. Mm-hmm. Because we're so desirous of so many other things other than his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, are they saved when that when that seed of life drops into their their soil? Yes, they are saved. But again, what Jesus, without getting too complicated or getting down the deep end of the pool, Jesus keeps talking about the kingdom here. He's not talking about your salvation. Okay, a lot of times we take that and say, "Well, them people are all lost." No, they're not all lost. They're all saved. As a matter of fact, it's just that they don't go on to know God, and that's entering into the kingdom of God. That's becoming one with him, becoming unified with him, becoming one with his will. And there's where the complication sets in, because the enemy, the devil, whoever he is, the dark powers, they, they're the ones that throw all the, you know, the attractions in front of you, like they tested Jesus in the wilderness. He said, I can give you all the kingdoms of this world. The Satan said that to the Lord. But the Lord said, man shall not live by bread alone, whatever, but by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. So we've got, if we want to go on and really know God and do great exploits, like Daniel said in the end days, that there would be a people that would know their God and do great exploits. He was talking about a people that went on to know the Lord through all the adversities, and we just had the desire to know God in a greater fashion. Amen. The question we must ask ourselves is this. Are we willing to surrender and obey? That, that's a lot of what Jim was just talking about, is 
Are we willing to surrender? If God does speak to you to do something, are you going to do it? That that's one to think about. Um, if you if you want to tune into God, you have to say, "Not my will, but Thy be done," because you know if He can trust you with what He's saying to you then he knows that you are going to to do what he tells you to do. Jesus did exactly what the Father told him to do. Yeah, and I think the reason why he did, Rich, was because he had such an intimate knowledge of the Father that he could trust Mm -hmm. the Father. It wasn't so much the Father putting trust in him, but it was the fact that he was so one with the Father that he knew that everything that the Father would tell him to do was going to was going to be for his good and for God's glory. And that's the same way it is with us. Yes. The reason why we, we are disobedient or whatever, and a lot of times if God knows that you're not going to do what he is asking you to do, number one, he won't ask, or number two, he may ask just to put your feet to the fire and to make you see, I'm really not as spiritual as I thought I was because the Lord asked me to do this thing and I can sense that I'm rebelling against what God's telling me to do. And the reason why we do rebel is because we really don't know Christ intimately. Um, we've heard a lot of things that have come through the church age, the traditions that have been handed down by our forefathers, and even Jesus said that you know, there's one thing that can almost be as powerful as the Word of God, and that's the traditions of your forefathers. And I believe that over the decades, we've believed into a lot of doctrines and theology uh, that the Lord is trying to shake us out of. And I think that that's the hour that we're in right now. It is an hour of shaking, but the shaking is he's trying to shake us loose from all these crazy ideas and doctrines that we have in our mind, he's trying to bring us into a oneness with him. And, you know, if if the churches were all right, then they'd all be one. But there's not one church out there that agrees with their neighbor down the street. And so consequently, there's nothing but division in the churches. And why is that? Because of a lot of the false doctrines that they've all believed into. So the only way to know the truth is to know the truth, and the truth is a person. It's not a doctrine. Right. Yes. Amen. You know, when when my wife, Julie, calls me on the phone, um, I don't say, who is this? You better not. I know. <laughs> I won't. I'll get in big trouble then. But anyway, love you, dear. But um, no, I know her voice. You know, my daughter doesn't have to call up and say, even if she didn't say dads, let's say she says, hello, I know exactly who that is. That's my daughter. And and that's the way it is with the Lord. The the Why do I know my wife's voice and my daughter's voice? Because I've spent a lot of time with them. You're intimate with them. I'm intimate yeah. with them. They're, they mean a lot to me that I want to invest my time in them. It's not an unfamiliar voice. No. It's not unfamiliar to you. Uh, a lot of times when we get saved, we come into salvation, uh, and we start going to this church and that meeting and this Bible study and so on and so forth. There's so many voices that we hear, we don't really know when our husband is calling. You know, Jesus is our husband. We're the bride of Christ, and we don't even recognize the voice of our husband. And it's because we've had so many other voices that we've been listening to. And again, that's the reason why it's critical that we take time uh, to meditate and get alone with the Lord uh, to be able to separate his voice from all the other voices. And if you haven't done this in a while, dust off that new that Old Testament and read the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. That is a perfect example of how much God loves us. Um, but anyway, if if we are willing to do whatever God says, guess what's going to happen? Our inner healing is going to improve. He's going to trust us with more stuff as we trust him. And you will be able to discern what is the voice of the Lord versus all the other noise out there that, that we all hear. Um, let me go to Matthew 4.4, 4, Jim, because um, 
I really feel that this is a powerful verse that relates directly to what we are talking about in this program. Matthew 4.4 says, But he answered and said, It is written. Here's the written word, folks. But it's also the rhema word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Does God have a mouth? Does God have a mouth? <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, he does. If he's speaking and has a voice, he has a mouth. But we don't look at God as human. Yeah, he also said uh, out of uh, the mouth of God, every word that proceedeth forth from God. He didn't say that proceeded. He said that proceedeth. In other words, God is always talking to us. We don't have to live on yesterday's manna, uh, you know, which was a type of Jesus Christ, the manna was, because Jesus even said in the New Testament, I, I am the bread which came down from heaven, okay, the spiritual bread. But there was a natural bread that, that fed the children of Israel in the wilderness, but they weren't allowed uh, to hold that bread over. They either ate it that day, consumed it right then and there, uh, and they didn't store it away somewhere and eat it later because it, you know, it, it really turned into bitterness and worms and everything else. And so the Lord is saying, you know, I want you to know the words that are proceeding out of my mouth right now to you, not the words that you learned in Bible school a year ago or two years ago. He wants you to get in contact with the living word inside of you where the kingdom of God is. It's within you. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What's that word, word mean? <laughs> every word that proceeds, that word is in Greek, rhema. Mm -hmm. And we've all heard the word rhema if we've been in church any length of time. Uh, it is that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. Thing spoken, word, or utterance. That's what, that, that's, in other words, that men shall live by every word uttered from God. That word mouth, you know, we just kind of jokingly said God doesn't, he's not a human, so he doesn't have a mouth like ours, but it's metaphorical, it's metaphorical. And that word mouth in Greek is uh, since, since thoughts of a man's soul find verbal utterance by his mouth, the heart or soul of the, and the mouth are distinguished. Just like it says the word of God is sharp and powerful like a two-edged sword even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the bone and marrow. That's deep stuff that's going on inside of us. And it, he gives us that discernment to be able to discern between the voices. I, I think some people have a fear, Jim, that if I open up to this spiritual thing, that, you know, maybe the devil's talking to me and, and you know, he comes as an angel of light and maybe I hear the devil and think it's God. Well, it's just like anything else, folks. You have to spend the time to be able. I can distinguish between my wife's voice, Julie, and my daughter's voice, Rachel. I can distinguish that because I've spent time with them, and yeah. I know their voice, and I know them. Yeah, and Rich, you know, so you do sidetrack. So what? Yeah, so He'll bring what? you back. Yeah, the devil doesn't have any power over you. Jesus was very clear when he said that the enemy, I put him under my feet. He's under your feet. So are you going to make mistakes? Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I've made plenty of them. But God's our GPS, like we say. You know, you get off the wrong track, you make the wrong turn. Guess what? He will bring you back around. All you have to do is just stay focused on him. But will you get off track? You better believe you will, and that's how you learn, okay, to stay on track. So don't be concerned. Don't let any fear enter into you. 
Um, God just wants you to operate in trust in the fact that he loves you, and he'll bring you back. You'll be fine. You'll just learn through it all. And perfect love casts out all fear. So don't, don't be, don't be right. fearful of, of all that. I mean, you won't accomplish anything if you let fear dictate what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. I mean, look, as far as college, let's say, I mean, there's people that go to college and they go, I hope I can make it. There's a fear that maybe they won't graduate. Well, then if you don't go to college, then maybe that's going to keep you from your dream of being a physical therapist or a, doctor a or nurse or a doctor or, or just uh, someone who is um, learning uh, about uh, the office and becoming an administrative assistant or office manager. Don't let fear dictate what you will and won't do because, um, you know, you can overcome the fear. That's for sure. And if we fail, guys, how many times did Thomas Edison and, and all these inventors, how many times did they fail? They failed more, a billion times more than they succeeded. But yeah, like they kept the, going. Like they always said about J.C. Penney, he filed bankruptcy three times. Yeah. <laughs> but came back every time and became a multi-multi-millionaire before he retired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any poems, Jim? Um, yeah, um, I do. Uh, I just don't know when the appropriate time is. To it's always use them. appropriate for a poem <laughs> from the throne room. Of we God. are the we are the poetry of God. That's the Fashion right. Bible says. Um, yeah, I was just you know. There's one thing that the Lord keeps driving home to me is that a lot of the uncertainty we have. Uh, a lot of the, just call it what it is, distrust that we have of the unknown, uh, because God is pretty much unknown to us, even after we get saved. Uh, we have a confirmation that God is real, God is alive, and that uh, we were just saved, we were born again into a new life, but we're still very skittish. Uh, you know, this is still very mystical to our minds and to our soul. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that go on into the deeper things of God, people are afraid to listen to them because they sound mystical. Watch those mystical people, you know. Um, but, yeah, there is a poem here, Rich. It's not mine. Uh, I don't even know who the brother is, but it was sent to me a few years ago, and I say that I thought it was an excellent poem. And it, and it uh, goes right to the heart of what we're talking about. Good. Um, and it goes like this. Are you living in the past— Remembering what Christ said to his disciples way back then? Is that your daily bread? You know, the Lord wants us to have daily bread, not something that, that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had experienced in their life because we've got a life of our own in Christ, and we have to experience our life in Christ, not Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John's life. But it says, are you living in the past remembering what Christ said to his disciples way back then? Is that your daily bread? Does God... Does God's word come secondhand, something that he said to another, and his word just filters down to you from brother unto brother? Now, God does use the brothers. Hopefully, God's using Jim and Rich right now to speak a rhema word to your heart. But we're still not the source. Jesus Christ in you, the great mystery, is the source. It says, the brother goes on to write in his poem, Do you think that God's mute? He's forgotten how to speak to his children today, and all he says is what he said and has nothing more to say. God's speaking now. He speaks the same as first his word was heard. In fact, King James is not his name. His name is the living word. Who has an ear or who has an eye? Then let them read things that the Bible says, but let him hear who has an ear. Hear God, for he's not dead. God's not just a book of ink and paper, a version or a translation of history, but he's far greater. He's right now revelation. Yes, read the scriptures, they are fine, heavenly words, anybody's version, but he's more than chapter, verse, and rhyme. Our Lord is a real live person. Mm -hmm. I think that's an excellent, excellent poem right there. There's a man that's walking in revelation, mm -hmm. the living word. Yes, um, faith is built up through 
denial of all doubt and fear and continuous affirmations of loyalty to God. It's pretty simple. And um, intellectual man has faith in his art and in his science or in his philosophy, which answers his purpose for the time being. But the faith of Jesus, Jesus did not claim an exclusive supernatural power, which we usually accredit to him. He had explored all of this, which he called the kingdom of heaven. His understanding was beyond that of the average man. However, he knew and said that other men could do what he did if they would only have faith. This faith thing is very important. It's very important. He encouraged his followers to take him as a pattern for faith and to use the power of thought and word. So, Jesus said, He that believeth on me the works that I shall do, he also will do. And greater than these shall he do. That's John 14, 12. You know, it's very hard, difficult to think of greater works than what Jesus did. But that's what he said. That's what he said. I mean, it was very clear and greater works. Yeah, and the apostles even said if everything was written in books, the world couldn't contain the exactly. things that he did. Wow. So how much faith does it take to do greater works, Jim? <laughs> Million-dollar question, there's, right? There's only one person that can answer that question. That's right. <laughs> and he lives inside of us. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, do you have anything, any parting thoughts well, I have a poem here yeah. that I think the Lord might have me read. Bring um, the program to a close. Yeah, it goes like this. Uh, I am the Lord. I create all things. In me, all things are contained and sustained. Mm. In this hour, my spirit rings. If you will look to me above, then you will understand and comprehend that all things display my love. But you can't see me in your darkness, and you don't see me in your night, because you're using your carnal resources to sustain yourself in the fight. But if you look to me above, you will be delivered and comprehend my love, for much of what you see was not created by me. Then you will understand how all these things have come to be, for I am the God of peace and love and joy. And you will experience this if you seek and hear my voice, for only then can you make the right choice. Hmm. That's beautiful. Well, we love you. We, we hope and pray you keep listening, and hopefully you got something out of this today. And pray for us. And pray for us, yeah. We'll, we'll, we will receive we'll any prayers it. out there. Yeah, so. But we do love you, and we thank you for listening. And uh, until next time, God bless you. And keep you.